Ohio State University requires athletes to pledge not to spread the coronavirus. But wait, is that actually a waiver of liability? Darren Heitner from Above the Law and Sports Law Attorney fills us in. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and this is Legal Talk Today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Our episode today is about sports, viruses, and waivers. Not waivers, not sure. But uh, before we get to that, I want to thank our sponsor for this show, NBI. And of course, that's short for the National Business Institute. Taught by experienced practitioners, NBI provides practical, skill-based CLE sources attorneys have trusted for more than 35 years. Discover what NBI has to offer at nbi-sems.com. That's nbi dash, meaning the minus sign, sems.com. All right. Thank you for joining us, Darren. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Excellent. Excellent. So, Darren, you wrote this piece on Above the Law. It was titled, Ohio State's Coronavirus Pledge is Troublesome for Enrolled Athletes. And so that caught my eye because we've been covering a lot of stories and doing research on these reopenings. And of course, this, the, the, the states around the country are opening at different rates, and it set off all kinds of unintended consequences from the shutdown. And one of them is this new vector of liability that businesses and institutions have to try to keep everybody safe. And so there's there's this uh, new vector of liability that everyone is worried about. And uh, of course, with this, the Ohio State University sent out this pledge, this uh, acknowledgement to its student athletes in advance of their return to school for training. So can you tell us the story behind the Buckeye acknowledgement and pledge? Yeah, I think mainly it's troublesome because a document that's titled Buckeye Acknowledgement and Pledge reads somewhat like a waiver of liability. It's being provided to the athletes really without any choice, but for the athletes to execute, sign their name on the dotted line. But then we've also heard from the athletic director, Gene Smith, who's since it's become public said, we don't actually view this as a liability waiver. It's only a pledge, a pledge that athletes will do whatever they can to help prevent the spread of coronavirus. But then the question must be asked, if it's merely a pledge and it's not intended to be a binding legal document on individuals, why are you requiring athletes to sign their names? Why are you requiring to have either a parent or guardian sign the document? So again, it's troublesome because you really never want to be signing any document unless you will adhere to the terms of the agreement. And here in this particular quote unquote pledge, the players are saying they will do whatever's necessary to take precautions against contracting and spreading coronavirus. What happens if a player actually does contract? It can prove that the player contracted it based on performance within university and then does seek to take legal action. Will this document be used against him or her? I still say most likely, yes, at least there will be an effort by the university to utilize this document to its favor, even though Gene Smith, the athletic director, has pretty bluntly stated that it is merely a pledge and is not intended to be legally binding. Getting into that, building into that that controversy, you know, surrounding the, the language in here. And so it doesn't have some of that, talking about this pledge, it doesn't have some of that magic waiver language that you automatically see, you know, 
saying this is a waiver and it doesn't say I, you know, I am not going to sue the university. But it is interesting, the signature blocks down there and the signature block for uh, parents in case, you know, their kid is 17 at the time that this particular pledge arrives. But uh, there was an attorney, it was cited in one of the articles, I think you all were featured together, but uh, Mark Edel from the City University of New York alluded that this pledge could be construed as a permission slip and on occasion, those permission slips have been deemed waivers by the courts. And so in that regard, uh, some are are looking at this as sort of a sneaky waiver by the university. Do, do you agree with that? Do you think there's some play there? I do. And again, I think that Gene Smith's own words would be used against him in the situation that there is litigation. And as you astutely point out, there's precedent in the state of Ohio and elsewhere that if the waiver is not very conspicuous and clear in its terms, it's very unlikely that it can be used as a true waiver against any liability whatsoever. And if you compare this Buckeye acknowledgement and pledge to the forms that have been provided by some other universities in the recent past to their college athletes, there are distinctions. Other colleges are making it very clear that there's a waiver of any cause of action, any right to litigate against the university if coronavirus is contracted. There are more expressed terms with regard to waiving defenses such as or showing that there's an assumption of the risk, which is perhaps inherent in the players participating, but this would be codified by other universities, and that's not necessarily clear here with Ohio State. But again, The troublesome aspect is, if in fact it's not intended to be utilized as a legal document, then why require the signature by the athlete? Why require the signature by the parent or the guardian? And so I think at a minimum, it it would be somewhat persuasive in litigation that the athlete is assuming the risk by way of at least signing this type of document. You know, I realize they, they sent this out to the student athletes to sign, but I just want to reconfirm because I, I wasn't entirely certain. So the student athlete was required to sign this before they could come participate in the training uh, prior to their seasons beginning again, right? That is my understanding, yes. Okay, so it just wasn't clear to me, but, uh, you know, pledge or waiver, you know, do you think that this type of documentation going out to student athlete while their school is trying to reopen and trying to check all the boxes, do, do you view this as an unfair overreach of the university against its student athletes? I do in this particular situation because the athletes are really left with no choice but to sign the document. These individuals, the vast majority of the athletes who are returning to school and not going to school for the first time, really have no choice because if they don't sign the document, they may be withheld from play. And it's not as simple as an athlete just picking up and going to another university and transferring, being able to participate right away. Number one, even if that was a possibility, you're asking a lot from that athlete somebody who is not currently earning any money, not earn any sort of consideration off of his or her name, image, and likeness. So even if that person could transfer to another university, it's incredibly difficult for someone to do so and then be put in a position where he or she has the ability to perform and excel. So to me, the athletes are given one choice, sign it or don't participate. And that's not the type of situation that I believe is equitable where there's real choice given for an individual who is confronted with whatever you want to call it, a pledge or a waiver or any contract whatsoever. And I think that will be another defense 
that an athlete could have if, in fact, a document like this, this is used against them. You know, one thing I noticed in there, I didn't see any provision in there for sunsetting these. You know, uh, that the coronavirus was not always with us. And at some point in the future, hopefully it will uh, disappear from our daily lives. And, uh, you know, hopefully that happens pretty soon. But I didn't see anything there that would sunset these provisions, provided certain conditions were met, you know, by the state or uh, by infection rates. So did you see anything in there, maybe at a different source or part of the university handbook that might indicate that these uh, guidelines are temporary until a certain point? I did not. And it doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Again, you have one party with an extremely strong bargaining position, that being the university and the athlete who really has no ability to sort of redline and negotiate these types of documents. It's a take it or leave it. And if you leave it, you're not playing. So it doesn't surprise me that you don't have these types of sunset provisions or any provisions really to protect the players in any sort of situations that that may arise. To the extent that there's modifications with regard to the data that comes out concerning coronavirus, fantastic. But I don't see coronavirus in itself being a cause for many college athletes to not perform. Remember, these are individuals who are really, by and large, performing because they're either on scholarship or they think that they can make it to the next level. Whereas we are starting to see some professional athletes decide it's just not, the risk is not worth the reward. When I was reading in my research here that, uh, you know, if um, athletes don't comply, I mean, potentially they could lose their spot on the team. Does that translate into them losing their scholarship if they don't abide by the pledges guidelines? No, I don't believe so. And I, I believe that the universities and athletic departments, to the extent that these documents don't specifically set forth such language have made it clear that individuals will not lose their scholarships if they do not perform. That said, as I mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of these athletes do consider themselves athletes first and students second, whether or not the NCAA wants to believe that or admit it. So it still doesn't put the athlete in a great position if he or she doesn't feel comfortable to play at this point in time. The only potential outcome that levels the playing field is if sports are canceled altogether, which also comes with a a lot of other negative consequences. So look, everybody's in a very tough position with this pandemic that nobody was prepared for, unfortunately. And I understand universities and athletic departments doing what they can to try to ameliorate their risk. I think these documents will ultimately serve more as a deterrent to legal action than anything else. I think their enforceability is very questionable, but as a deterrent, perhaps there's a lot of value. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Darren, and thank you listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate us in your favorite podcasting app. We'll cite and make available our sources for this episode, including Darren's article in Above the Law on our website at LegalTalkNetwork.com. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) Thank you.